Hello, everybody, and welcome back to WM32 Football Podcast. Um, today, I have been joined by a fan of the blue half of Merseyside. So, you know, testing times for him at the moment, given the the fact that his rivals are absolutely flying at the minute, well, they were until the coronavirus and COVID-19 had hit. So I've been joined today by Michael McEwman. Michael, great to have you on um, for, with us today. Um, as you mentioned there, you are an Everton fan, an Evertonian, a blue nose, a toffee. Um, yeah. How long has your association been with the blue half of, of Merseyside? Uh, so first of all, Wesley, thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, I think it's for as long as I can remember, really. I think, you know, I'm 24 now. So, I mean, from my earliest memory was about 2001, 2002. Um, so about, what, 15, 16 years um, is when I've really, really, well, actually more than that, 18. Um, but yeah, it's been my whole life, really. I think one of the first things I put on was an Everton kit uh, that my dad made me when I was first born. So, yeah, it's not been, it's been, it's been a while, the ups and downs. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so with that um, in mind, then you mentioned that sort of o one o two was was your first memory. Um, would you say that that's sort of the season where you went to your to your first game? Um, and if so, talk me through that that experience and what it was like for you going to watch going to watch Everton for the first time. Yeah, I think me, me dad first took me. I think it was in two thousand. Um, I don't really have many much memories of that actual game. I just remember being in the main stand with, you know, the Goodison Raw, the famous Goodison Raw, um, and actually having issues with my ears uh, with, for the sound. Um, but the first actual game I remember going to was actually in 2002. It was not long after David Moyes took over. Um, Everton won 3-1. It was a, I don't know if you remember the game, Duncan Ferguson got sent off for, for throwing a, a kidney blow at the Bolton centre-half. Um, and Everton ended up going on to win 3-1 with the Nick Chadwick goal, so that was the first game I remember, um, properly remember, um, was one of my memories of Goodison, yeah. Brilliant. Um, so you mentioned there, obviously, going for, for the first time under under Moyes. Where, uh, whereabouts did you sit? Was it was it the famous Gladys Street end or was it somewhere else in the ground? Yeah, no, it was actually in the, in the family enclosure uh, on the main stand. Um, you know, I don't think my dad was too happy having, having to go into a family enclosure with no alcohol at the time. But... Yeah, no, it was a family enclosure. It was me, um, my uncle and my dad um, sat in a family enclosure for the first time. So it was, I think I sat in there the first four or five occasions um, until we moved to the main stand um, in the Bullens Road and then eventually um, back to the Gladys Street, what, 13, 14 years later when I got my season ticket. Excellent, excellent. And you mentioned there, obviously, you go to get, or you've been with your dad and uncles and, and people like that. Is is Are those the people that you usually go to to games with or do you go on your own? It, it's a bit of a mix, to be honest, Wes. Um, obviously, started off when I was younger, going with my dad and, and uncle and, and my dad's friends. Um, you know, go, go on the pub before the game, having a bite to eat and, and then heading off the game. Um, then, obviously, moved on to... Um, Got I got a season ticket with my little sister, um. So so we that was our that was our ritual. Our, our weekends were were going to games, uh, with going to watch Everton games together. At Goodison and away games sat there in the house with a stream on, um. And then obviously then later on it got um I started going to games by myself, 
um, if I managed to get a ticket here and there, I'd, I'd travel home from university and go by myself. So it's it's been a mix of it really. I've, I've had different phases with different people in my life. So yeah, it's been it's been it's been a wild one. Yeah, it sounds like a real sort of um, family affair when you go to to Everton as well. And and you mentioned there about you know potentially going to the pub for for a little bite to eat or or whatnot before games. Is that part of your match day routine, your match day ritual? You know, do you, do you go to a game and make sure you wear your lucky pants or you know lucky socks? Is what are your match day sort of rituals and superstitions? I mean, I, th- I think it's, I wouldn't say I've got a superstition. The, the only one that I have done is, you know, whenever I go to, go to an Everton game, I always, I, I know you, you go, you've been to Goodison before, um, walking through the graveyard next next to Goodison Park. Um, it's always been one thing, every game I always walk, I always walk through there. I'm not sure why, it's always just the same route that I make. It's always the bus, the bus towards Goodison Park and I walk through the, you know, walk, walk through the graveyard. That's probably the only, the only real thing that, that you could possibly call as a ritual. And it's just something that's never changed, really. Ah, nice, excellent, excellent. A bit of a, uh, a bit of a different um, route, I would probably suggest to what to what most fans would make. I don't think many would go would go through a graveyard um, before I mean, before going to watch their team play. <laughs> With recent experience of Everton, I think you know it just means that it can't be the worst party of day, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, we're going to move on to um, something now, which will be very, very personal, sort of to you. Um, and there's probably been some fantastic games that you've seen um, over the years. But what would you say is probably the best game that you've you've either been to or or that you've witnessed being an Evertonian? Oh, there's been. I mean, you've got your obvious ones. You know, your Liverpool three. Where we beat Liverpool three nil. Goodison Park back in 2006, uh, Andy Johnson scoring two goals. Um, and then obviously, uh, you won the win in the FA Cup third round replay with Dan Gosling scoring. Um, I think per- one person, there's two actually um, that, that spring to mind in, in regards to my personal favourites. Um, one was the FA Cup, I believe it was the fifth round against Chelsea a few years back when Lukaku scored two goals, when he went on that mazy run um, and slot into the bottom corner at the Gladys Street and the place just erupted. Um, and probably the second one, unfortunately for you, um, and it, it's not even the meaning of the game. It was just just how it happened. Was going to be Tottenham two one, um, with a Seamus Coleman ninetieth minute header, and then was it Yelovich in the ninety third minute after a post loss failure with an overhead kick. Um, yeah, I think think them two just stick to mind really in regards to the atmosphere, just how crazy things went. Um, yeah, it was absolutely nuts. Um. But yeah, they're probably me too. obviously other than you know your standards, your, your Man City four 0 at home, and um, they're probably the two that, that stand out just just through just pure entertainment and atmosphere really. Yeah, I mean I remember that um, that game against Chelsea and Lukaku scoring because I remember hearing that that roar of the of the Gladys Street, um, and I'd never been to Goodison um, at that point, and I, it was always one of those where you go, oh, I'd love to go to it's one ground that I'd love to go to just to hear that particular roar um and yeah i remember that that, that game against us uh, against tottenham that you were that you were mentioning so i think we just come off the back of um playing in europe on the on the thursday so i think the game was on a sunday if memory serves me right yeah um, sunday four o'clock yeah so yeah i remember that I was absolutely devastated to when it popped up and, and i saw that that you'd scored in like the 90th minute i was just there like oh no and then i'd, I'd watched the highlights on uh 
on match of the day and just was just crying at our, our woeful defending. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you, you've got to look at Apostolos Belios on why he's trying to run over a kick from, from the edge of the area, really. Um, but no, obviously, that, that's what I mean. That, that could be some more. It's, it's what brings you in. You know, as, as an Everton fan, it's, it's something that you're all, you're, you're always, it always keeps you tingles. Um, but on the opposite side to that, you know, when the, when the fans are against the team, it, it's not a nice place to be uh, for the home team. And when the, when the fans are behind the team, it's not a nice place to, place to be for the away team. So, it's you know, it's, it is a contrast of what mood, what, what good are some moods you get as to how the fans are going to react. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned there, obviously, when, when things aren't going so well, um, you know, with that, what is probably the worst game then that you've, you've been to or that, or that you've witnessed so again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go away from the from you know the obvious Liverpool hammerings of recent seasons. Um, you know nobody wants to talk about them ones. Um, <laughs> there's there's two that spring to mind again. Um, the first one was the the first season under Martinez. Um, I think we had, we played Sunderland who were rock bottom at the time. Um, at home. Um, it was 20 for December I think it was. It was it was in, in between Christmas and New Year. Uh, we got beat one nil. Um, and we we got off to a really good start that season. Um, and if we'd have won that game, we'd have gone unbeaten at Goodison for a full calendar year. Um, and I think Tim Howard got sent off, sent off in the, early in the first half, and after the Leon Osman Paul pass, and just you know it, it was just the, the atmosphere just got sucked out. Um, but I think the main one was the FA Cup sixth round against Wigan back in 2013, Moises last season, when we got beat three 0 and conceded three goals in four minutes. Um, that was, I mean, whether you say it's the worst performance or it was the worst five minutes of football I've ever seen in my life, um, has to be, it has to be up there. It was just, it was sickening, you know, especially looking at the, at the long-term goal of the club at the time. Um, you know, we were, we were trying to keep Moyes on for a contract before he signed for United. Um, if you looked at the the draw after the Wigan game, I think it was Chelsea versus Man City in the semi-final and Wigan versus Millwall. And, you know, it was a great chance to get, get to Wembley, get to a final. Um, and just just to lose it within four minutes was was heartbreaking. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I remember I remember that particular year. I think that's obviously the year that that Wigan went on to to beat Man City um, in the final at Wembley. Um, one game that I do want to mention, unfortunately for you, was the uh, the six two for Spurs um, oh, God. last season. That must have been tough. That must have been tough yeah. for you. Yeah, I think you know it's it's always the, the thing with Everton. You, you, you know you you. I, I always fancy myself, and, and I always say to, to everyone, I fancy myself against anyone at Goodison Park. Um, like you mentioned before, with, with the atmosphere and the roar, you, you, you feel comfort, comfortable and confident. I think, you know, and, and it's a, it's an issue that a lot of fans have had with the team recently, and especially in games like that 6-2, it was a lack of fight. You know, there was there was no one who'd, who'd roll the socks up and, you know, put in a big tackle or, or do something to get to get the crowd going. Um, it, just, it was just very lackluster. Um, and obviously, Spurs absolutely dominated Everton, um, which you know it, it's not very often it happens, but when it does, yeah, it's 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 a it's a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, and I mean that that was the, that was my first experience of, of Goodison Park that particular game, and uh, yeah, it was a really really strange game. Obviously, you know, you guys took the lead quite early on, and you get um you know in the away, and me and my dad are thinking, oh no, this could go any way here, and then all of a sudden the game just sort of switched, and then it was almost like near enough anything and everything that that we were hitting was going in the back of the net um yeah and and whatnot so yeah that was a that was a strange strange old game i think 
yeah, it felt like every time he's been attacking, he's been about to score. And I think, you know, it, it's one thing, you know, I know personally as an Everton fan in, in recent years, is you don't feel comfortable with the, with the back four. You don't feel safe. Um, and I think, I think you know, games like, like, like you said, the, the Tottenham game there, the Liverpool game, the Chelsea game, you know, we, we just get spread open too easily. So I think, you know, and it, it, it was one of them games where I've never seen our back four look so weak and look so fragile with every attack. Yeah, I must I must admit I was a bit I was very very shocked because when you think about Everton by and large um for people sort of in and, in and around our age you think of Everton being defensively solid and it was like we were just carving you open at, at any given opportunity really and that could have ended up I think a lot worse than it actually did. Um but anyway, moving on from from that because I think that, I think that's that's probably <laughs> enough of what you want to hear from that particular game. Um this one might, there might be a few contenders for this one, uh, this next question that I'm going to ask. But in your time period supporting Everton, who would you say is your favourite player of all time? And, and and give us a reason as to why you've gone with that player. Oh, I mean, I think other than your obvious, you know, your Duncan Ferguson's and, and whatnot, I think for me, it's got to be Tim Cale. Um, you know, his desire in every game. He, he was always up, up for the battle um, and was actually really, really underrated, an underrated technical footballer. Um, I think it was only once he once he started becoming a little bit older that the, the, tech, like the technique we could actually see um, come through. Um, I think, obviously, you know, he was... When, when you're the fans who only plays for the badge, he was one who plays for the badge. Um, you know, big, big game player, scored in big goals and... Yeah, I mean, he, he was the, you know, the driving force during my childhood um, com- coming through from, from 10 onwards. You know, he, he was the player that you'd looked up to and it was always in the school playground when the cross coming, it was Tim Cale banging the header on, not a Steven Gerrard, um, as many people would say. But yeah, I think I think for me, Cale's got to be got to be up there with, with my favourites. Um, but obviously there's a lot a lot to mention. Steven Pienaar, um, Leighton Beans, uh, Arteta, there's been, there's been numerous ones. It, 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 it was a really difficult choice to pick one favourite. But you never know. Some of the current squad may, may come along and, and take over that mantle. Yeah, I think no one's going to really begrudge you of, of Tim Cahill. I think what he did for Everton in that time period, especially under David Moyes, was, was remarkable. And actually, for somebody who's not particularly massive in terms of you know a six-foot-plus sort of player was unbelievably good in the air and you know you mentioned there some you know headers I think he you know the amount of times he'd pop up with an important header um, or even just an important goal um, forever and over that over those periods was was just incredible really and the, the fact that I think as well that he'd come from what is now the championship and took to the Premier League like a duck to water I think that helped that helped as well um, but you mentioned there about the current crop of, of Everton players. Who out of them, out of this particular current crop now, is your favourite and why? I, I mean, it, it's got to be Richarlison. Um, he's, you know, he's a mixture of your typical Everton, what, what you, you know, what you're used to, and what what the older fans of Everton are used to. You know, your you, your hard working player. You know, okay, he spends a bit bit of time on the floor, but you know, he, he'll graft, he'll put his foot in. You know, he's. He likes to nibble at players, but then he's also got the technique, which is what Everton are looking for. 
Um, I think technically he's a, he's, a, he's a really really good player. Um, and com- combining the two of work rate and techn- technicality, um, or sorry, technique, sorry, yeah, he's for me if he stays and, and it's a big if, he could become an Everton icon, um, in years to come. Do you think? Obviously, there's been a lot of um, interest in Richarlison from some of the bigger, a bit more bigger clubs in Europe. You know, there was talk of him going to Barcelona and and whatnot. Do you potentially see Richarlison heading that way, or do you think now, especially with who you've got in charge, he might actually look and stay a little bit longer? So I, I mean, you, you could never begrudge him, could you, for going for one of the one of the Europe's elite? Um, I get what you're saying with Angelotti. I think I think it all depends on the recruitment. Um, whenever the, the the next transfer window opens, you know, it, it's all well and good saying yeah we've got Angelotti in charge and we've got Mercedes money or or whatnot. But I think you know it, it's as Everton have proven in the in the past a few seasons. You know our recruitment's not been the best, so I wouldn't be shocked if he does if he does hold off at least one one more season, maybe two, give Angelotti a full season under his belt. Um, and let's let's see where we're going with that because you know it's all well and good as signing you know your Andre Gomez and Luca Dean who I think are really good football players, but they're your failed elite players. And if Everton want to get into the elite, we need to be signing elite players um, and not those who have dropped down. So I, th- I think it'll all be dependent on recruitment as to, as to how he feels. He fe- he looks and feels loved at the club, um, you know, both on the pitch and off the pitch. And I don't know whether you've seen Everton Twitter, but. Everything he does is, you know, is like gold dust. So I think it will, be, it will, it will all be dependent on on recruitment, I think, and, and how we can strengthen in the summer, um, or whenever, wherever the transfer window opens. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's um, I think it's a really, really interesting point because you know, I think you know yourself, there, you could have easily touted him for for one of the the more established, like you said, European elite um clubs, but then, like you say, it's. I think it's very dependent on the recruitment and, um, you know, when we did our Talking Everton um, podcast, we spoke about a lot of Everton's recruitment and actually has, and what it's been like over the last last couple of years as well. Um, Michael, just going on to the, the next bit now, um, if you could give me one, if possible, if not a couple, um, but probably your most memorable moment being an Everton fan. Most memorable moment. Um, I mean the the um, FA Cup semi final win against Man United in two thousand and nine on penalties. Um, for me, obviously, be, being at Wembley at the time was you know it, it was just ridiculous, and the whole day in general just just brings back memories. You know, being there with with me, me sister and me dad, um, seeing Everton actually win. A penalty shootout for one was, was ridiculous because we, I think, we went out the season before to Fiorentina in the Euro, in the Europa League or the Euro, European Cup at the time, um, and that was heartbreak. So to see us actually win a, a penalty shootout, um, that one just for the whole day. Um, but again, another one that was wasn't actually a win was the Everton Liverpool three three at Goodison Park, um, and just being in the crowd for when Lukaku scored that his second goal, the header, the bullet header, um, you know, just you were hugging like random men given you know it was just it was ridiculous um they're probably two of york's favorite memories um you know from from everton um you know e- even if it, it didn't end in, in how you'd want it to, to end it was always a case of you know it's just that look back on it, it was like i was there 
you know, hours after that game. So yeah, sometimes they, sometimes it can be just a you know I was there moment that that stands out for you. Um, but no, yeah. fantastic um, and a, quite a bit of a contrast as well. So you've got the both the sort of adulation type of moments, um, but one is more sort of a family orientated moment, um, obviously with you being at Wembley, and then the other one is literally a moment in time where you go that particular moment there just stands out for me just because of the significance and the importance of it all um, and whatnot. So I like the contrast between those two. So thanks for that. Um, moving on, I potentially have a feeling which ones might come out um, for this one, but what would you say has been the lowest point um, supporting supporting Everton? Ooh, I mean, it's been quite a few over recent years, hasn't it? Um, you know, I mean, I was I listened to a couple of co- podcasts. Obviously, I'm I'm in the lucky ones that Everton have never really been well. Other than the the great escape of I believe it was 88, 89 or eighty seven, eighty eight, uh, when we beat Wimbledon the last day day of the season, uh, which I was I wasn't old enough to remember. Um, you know, I think I think it's got to be your derby defeats. You know, um, the, the 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 huge defeats to Liverpool, um, but also the, the season. It was Martinez's first season when we were we were touted to finish fourth. It just beat us beat Arsenal at home, three uh, 0 on, on course to finish fourth, and then Crystal Palace away turned up. Uh, sorry, Crystal Palace at home and he beat us three two. Um, and you know I think it was that we're all going on a European tour to, but we're not actually going to the Champions League anymore. I think that that one it was just in that moment. I think the whole world just stopped. <laughs> No, interesting that you mentioned that. And then obviously the recent um, derby defeat um, in the FA Cup to to Liverpool. Um, where does that rank then in terms of low points? Because there was a massive, massive backlash from a lot, yeah. a lot of people on within that game. You know, I mean, I, I know it's probably going to sound silly, but you, it was one of them ones where I kind of expected something silly to happen. And you know it, it's it's not great for, for for you to support your team and expect that, and you know you'd expect an Everton team that, that was put out to win, but I think for me it was it was more humiliating than a low point because you know it, it was a it was a, an FA Cup third round, yeah it was it was the possibility of a cup run, but it was more humiliation than a low point. You know I think there was there were bigger bigger important games that we did lose. Um, or fail, fail to win in, in some occasions. But but the recent one to me, obviously, as much as it hurt, it was more, like I say, it was more humiliation and disappointment than anything else, really. No, so um, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that it's more sort of humiliating because, like I say, there's a massive, massive backlash um, from Everton um, and, and within the media as well regarding that particular game because... Um, obviously, Liverpool would pretty much, you know, anybody that plays football manager, they basically pick the, uh, they press the pick rotated squad option for that game. Yeah, and, and just and, got all, and, all the youngest players. Yeah, and Everton actually went quite strong. So yeah, it was interesting that you said that, and I think a lot of people were obviously expecting Everton to go and win that game, especially when the when the team sheets come in, and, and like I say, Liverpool pick press the pick rotated squad option on Football Manager and. And Everton had pretty much gone as strong as they could have gone. So, no, really, really interesting um, take on that particular game. 
Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, like I say, it, it was it was definitely a low point, you know, of being an Everton fan. You know, no no derby defeat is is something that that you want as a club. Um, and but I I think it, you know, it was it was kind of one of that once the teams are released, the, the hype, obviously, social media, the, the like the actual media itself. You know, it was always Everton should win. I think it was the hype of the media that you know. Obviously, brought everything crumbling down, really. Yeah, no, like I say again, a, a, an interesting, um, an interesting take on it from from your perspective, uh, there, Michael. Um, obviously, Everton have have had, I would say, quite a few different managers in your in your lifetime. Obviously, David Moyes is probably the longest serving one out of out of the lot of those. But out of the ones that you've been able to to witness, who would you say has been the best? In your in your lifetime, well, I mean, over the Moyes, that you know, I think we've probably got a combined a combined time. I've got this in about two years since Moyes. Um, I've got I've got to be honest. I, I think it's got to be the Roberto Martinez 2013-2014 team. Um, the team that that finished fifth. You know, just the attack on football. You had Lukaku, Barkley, Delafeu, Morales as your front four, and then you had James McCarthy and, and Gareth Barry. Um, Coleman, Baines, and Distan, Jagielka, and Howard. I think that for me, that team, you know, it, it was a case of when when you say attack for your defence, that's what it was like. It was give the ball to your front players, get on the run, get get your two wing backs, uh, bombing forward. Because I think Coleman scored seven or eight goals that season. Um, you know, get them bombing forward and and just have have your two centre midfielders and and your back two just just hold holding the ball to the back. So that was probably the most exciting time as an Everton fan. Um, Angelotti's obviously the biggest name. Let, let's see, we've, we've had, what, four months of him, five months of him. Obviously, the season's been cut short. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how he handles um, how he handles a team um, like Everton. Yeah, no, it's uh, an interesting point there. And I think, you know, that, Everton team, especially under Martinez, I think sometimes the, the football that you guys were playing was was fantastic. Um, and then I think you guys were on the on the road to and on the on on a path and a journey to something really really good. And then for some strange reason or another, it just seemed to have, have flipped and gone wrong somewhere. Um, obviously, Roberto losing his his job, um, unfortunately for him. Um, so from best then to worst, who would you say has been the worst manager? Of your of your Everton Everton lifetime, I mean the, the easy the easy answer is for for me would be Sam Allardyce. Um, you know, as as you're aware, the Everton fans absolutely slaughtered Sam Allardyce. I think you know sometimes it was you know a little bit harsh, a little bit uncalled for. You know, don't get me wrong, I didn't find the the style of football attractive at all. I think it was very you know very negative and and very you know. Narrow, but I also think that you know he he got results. At the end of the day, football is a results-driven business, so he he did set the, the the standard for us to push on, and obviously ended up with Marco Silva. I think you, you could possibly look at um, early on in my in my in my Everton fandom, shall we say, at Walter Smith, um, obviously ex-Rangers manager who David Moyes took over from, um. So yeah, he he was obviously there for, for four years, but we did, obviously didn't do do much there. I think if you look at the percentages of wins, you could probably possibly look at Walter Smith. 
Um, but for me, style of football-wise, I think you've got to go with, with Sam Allardyce. No, interesting, interesting. Where then does Marco Silva and Ronald Koeman rank for you? Um, obviously, think, those 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 time periods weren't exactly the greatest, um, especially with Koeman. I think there were some fantastic times with Koeman, but then obviously the way that ended wasn't great. And then the whole Marco Silva saga, if you like. Um, so where do those two sort of rank? So for me, I think the, the Marco Silva one's the hardest one for me because, you know, the, the first half of the season we were what we weren't great. Let, let's let's not beat around the bush with that one. But then you looked at the second half of the season, and I think obviously especially last season we beat we see Man United four 0 at home, we beat Chelsea two 0 at home. Um, you know we, we drew with Liverpool. We got some really good results towards the back end of the season, and you thought, you know, it's it's now the that's now the push on um, to move forward. So, you know. For, for that to, to come to an abrupt end, um, you know, with, especially with this season, was, you know, was, was quite poor. So I'd say the thing with, with Silver is we had some good streaks and we had some bad streaks. Just unfortunately, the, the, our, our poor streaks were, were more common than, than, than our win streaks. Um, with Cumin, I feel like Cumin was let down actually by the, the recruitment. I know we touched on recruitment earlier on today, earlier on the podcast, sorry, but I, I think for me, Cumin was let down by being under Steve Walsh as a as a director of football. Um, you know, do, I think we signed was it Class and Rooney, um, a few a few other number tens. We we didn't really strengthen the positions needed. Um, I feel like if Cumin would have had his say on who he wanted, I think he may have done a little bit, you know, his, his um, win percentage and also his, his time and effort would be a little bit more fruitful than it than it actually was and it actually turned out to be really sour. No, no, it's quite interesting that I think I, I personally, I I agree with in the sense that Koeman was sort of let down by his recruitment. You know, you mentioned there, I think in that in one window you bought David Clarkson, Rooney, and Sigurdsson, all yeah. th- three players that all play in a in a similar position, and then it's like right, Ronald, go and get the best out of them three um, for us. Um, so yeah, no, I do agree with you on that that that, that Koeman was was let down on his recruitment. Um, Excluding Goodison, then Michael, what would you say has been your favourite ground that you've been to? I mean, for, for everything, it's, I think it's got to be the King Power. So I, I mean, I don't know whether it was just obviously you hear the, you hear the the atmosphere of the King Power Stadium, you know, when you when you're watching it on TV. Um, but I went there uh, about, about five years ago, six years ago, first game of the season, Everton drew two two. Obviously, I think the the, the they had the clappers at the time, which you know I'm not a big fan of, but still, you know, it creates a bit of atmosphere. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a mixture of an old-fashioned but uh, you know an up-to-date ground, and I, I think that that was gorgeous. But also, obviously, uh, St James's Park, it's beautiful. Um, up at Newcastle, uh, but for me, I think King Power edges it. Interesting choice, interesting choice, because I've been to the uh, the King Power a couple of times, and um, I must say it is a it is a lovely, lovely stadium um, and whatnot. I agree with you on the on the atmosphere point that you made, and with the clappers, I'm not a massive a massive fan of it either. But no, it's an interesting one that you you mentioned there, just because obviously it's it's a it's a little bit different. Um, 
And, you know, I've heard people say about the view that you get from the away end at St. James's Park as well. Um, I've not actually managed to go yet. Um, and I am hoping to go fairly, fairly soon. But I know that people that have gone and I've spoken to them, um, they've said that the view that you get from the away end, I know it's however, however high it is. And once you get there, you're knackered. But, you know, once you are there, they said the view is fantastic. Would you agree with that? hundred percent. I mean, a, a, a guy of, of my size, as, as you know, is struggled to get up them stairs. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, but no, yeah, that, that the the view from there, obviously, you're on the hallway over the um over Newcastle City Centre, it is beautiful. Um, unfortunately, when I got down there, you know, the view is probably the, the best thing I've seen on, on display for, on the day because we got the three two. Um, <laughs> but no, honestly, it is. I mean, the, the view from from the top of St James's. It is gorgeous. I think I was like five rows from the top, so you could see the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's one. Of, it, it's a very it, it's one of your typical ones, isn't it? You you St James's Park. You know, you hear about your Old Trafford, your Etihad, your, your Anfield, stuff like that. Um, for me, de- yeah, def- definitely the King Power. Uh, ju- just for everything, really. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Um... And this one again, excluding Goodison, um, which is your least, your least favourite ground that you've that you've been to. Whoa. I think it's got to be the Hawthorns. I'm not sure if you ever been to the Hawthorns before. I haven't been, but I think again, you know, I know a couple of um, a couple of fans that have been, and they sort of made it their thing when West Brom were in the Premier League to to, to go to West Brom away, and they've. They've said similar that it's a bit of a dive of a of a place to get to. I think you're almost shoehorned in to the away oh. end as well. Yeah, I mean, we, I went on a Monday night eight o'clock kickoff, so it was pitch black. And you've got to walk like down like a little alleyway to get to to obviously get get to the, the stadium and and you know having a few drinks, trying to get through there in pitch black's not not the nicest thing to do. I'm not gonna not gonna lie to you. Um, but yeah, just just when you get in, it's. Yeah, it, it it wasn't wasn't the greatest stadium. Let's just, let's just leave it at that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I think yeah, the obviously the, the people that I'd spoken to about the Hawthorns just did the same thing. Like you you shoe on down a down an alleyway and, and and whatnot, and it's not the greatest um away end either. But um yeah, no. So obviously when you mentioned it there, I, I obviously I, I haven't been myself, but obviously knowing people that have gone, I can sort of understand understand what you mean. Um. Final one then from me, Michael. Um, what would you say your hopes are for Everton next season? I, I think it's it's got to be Europe. Um, you know, we we especially now with, with Angelotti in charge. You know, with the with Bram with the Bramley Moore dock um, on the horizon in what maybe four or five years time. Um, I think I think we've got to be looking at at least at least Europe and getting back back on on European soil. Um, if you ask me. The question this time, three or four months ago, I'd be saying Champions League because I think the league and the league in this current state, you know, over the Man City and and Liverpool, um, obviously you're too content, you you two high flyers, um, there's not really been, you know, Leicester Leicester have made that jump this season, I think you know Chelsea were there for the taking, United have been there for the taking this year, so I think. I think you, you're hopefully looking at, I don't know, forgetting Spurs there who, who have been up and down all season. So I think, you know, get get into the European places and maybe maybe a cup run uh, next season, um, and then from there and with Angelotti having the recruitment and his players in, um, obviously there's there's a lot a lot of talks of, of transfer targets at the moment. Is from from then 
we, we can push on to hopefully in, in three or four years' time looking long distance as having Champions League as, as we head on into the new stadium. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the I've seen the plans for the new stadium at, at Bramley Moor Dock, and it does look like an unbelievable um, sporting arena um, as well. Yeah. It looks like one that's not just fit for football, but other other sporting events, you know, concerts, boxing, and and, and things like that, and as well. Yeah, so I think, um, I think it's definitely something that I think the club are looking into. Um, you know. As we say, we we Goodison Parks. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous old-fashioned stadium. Um, but you know, we we held the the Tony Bellew fight there against Maccabi a few years ago. And obviously, I went to it, but you know, it's it's not built for for your your um your other sporting events. It's just built for football. But I think you know, obviously, me personally, I think as much as the the memories and and I don't think you'll recreate the atmosphere of Goodison Park at the Bramley Moor Dock. I believe, you know, it's it's a little bit like, you know, I've I've had conversations with, with you know, older generations of Everton fans who don't want to leave Goodison Park for, for simple reasons, but it's it's pretty similar in the, the taste of the team as well. You know, they're used to the, the Goodison Raw, the, the, the hostile atmosphere uh, that, that they want to keep, whereas, you know, people like yourself uh, were more into, you know, flair players, your you Richarlison's, your you Bernard's, who aren't exactly, you, like we mentioned before, your typical Everton players. And I think, you know, that style of football moving in, into a new stadium uh, with the potential of a bigger and, and better revenue uh, from, from obviously, other sporting events and, obviously, being being on a dock to the Royal Blue Mares, it'll be, it'll be a sight to behold. Yeah, hopefully you'll be able to um, to get down and, and watch watch um, Everton in that, in that new stadium as well. Um, Michael, unfortunately, we are done. Um, we are out of time. Um, and I just want to take a moment to thank you for for coming on and sharing your your Everton um, stories and your Everton experiences being being a fan. Um, guys, we are also on Spotify, so give us a follow on there um, at WM32Football. Um, and the interview will also be live on YouTube. So please give us a like, a comment and drop a subscribe onto the YouTube channel as well again. That is WM32 Football. Once again, Michael McHugh-Marn, thank you ever so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Thank you.